Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is my friend and colleague, Dr. Jason Clopton. And today, we're going to talk about, well, a variety of things, from genetics to vestibular to just life. So before we get started, let's learn a little bit about Jason. He started the first pediatric and brain injury referral center in Cookville, Tennessee, Dr. Clopton has presented numerous lectures worldwide on neurological pathways for vision, neurooptometry, visual function with brain injury, vestibular interactions with visual function, pediatrics, strabismus, and more. He's been awarded for his fabulous work in addition to receiving his fellowship in COVD and the diplomat of the American Board of Optometry. He is a former board member of the COVD, College of Optometrists in Vision Development, and the Tennessee Brain Injury Association. He's written guidelines for the American Optometric Association on coding and billing for vision therapy. He's co-authored chapters and books, and he actually holds a US patent for system and method for real-time monitoring and dynamic treatment of ocular motor conditions, which he can maybe tell us about that a little bit later. He's also a licensed uh, scuba diver instructor and he is now certified as GX Sciences Genetics Provider and is currently working with NBX Wellness and creating ophthalmic genetic panels, which we'll be talking about today. So, Jason, welcome. It's great to have you on Vision Beyond Sight. Lynn, it is very good to hear your voice again. Oh, thank you. We, we go back a long way, right? <laughs> we do. In fact, I am uh, visualizing that you are sitting here in front of me and we're just having another conversation. Yes, we are. All we need is like a glass of wine and, you know, tone down <laughs> the laughter. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Well, let's just kind of jump in and tell us a little bit about your pediatric and TBI referral center. Well, um, I graduated school in 1999. And um, my wife would come home. I was not doing pediatrics and brain injury. And my wife would come home. She's a pediatric occupational therapist. And she would say, honey, I've got this kid and his eyes are doing this and this. What does that mean? And I I was kind of dumbfounded. I said, I don't know. You know, they didn't teach me all of these specifics in school. We, We had a basic education and everything was good. But you're asking me really tough questions. So I started digging in. 
I started learning and I started looking for answers, as we say in the South, and uh, read some books. And I read some books on neurology of eye movements and, and neurological function, and I said, wow, this gives me some answers. And I found the College of Optometry and Vision Development, and they had it, the answers. And so I started down that path uh, many, many years ago. And in 2002, I decided to start a referral-only pediatrics and brain injury center. And I thought that was going to be a side business. And I thought it was going to be two days a week. And it turned into uh, way more than five days a week. And now, 20 years later, we're providing services for um, all over Tennessee, and many people actually all over the world have been here. So it's uh, kind of interesting where you, where you go in life. You never know where you're where you're going, but um, the path has been a lot of fun, and it's been very interesting. And I've learned a lot of things, and I've I've really changed my dynamics on how I diagnose and how I treat, and um, that gets us into genetics and everything else that goes with it. And so that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, and um, it has been fantastic getting here and learning every single day. Well, it's certainly a great story, Jason, and you and I are one of very few practices that really looked at coordinating what we knew in vision with so much movement and sensory processing information, because uh, many of your listeners know uh, my sister is an occupational therapist and has been with me mm. well over 25, 30 years. And way back then, same kinds of questions as to, you know, they're seeing patients with special needs from cerebral palsy to lots of other types of physical and uh, other kinds of developmental issues. And we know vision is dominant and a part of that process, but integrating it in with especially motor and sensory processing at an early age is something we were not taught at all in school and the power of working together with what occupational and physical therapists and then optometrists know was really unseen and um you and i are kind of pioneers in that field of pulling it together working multidisciplinary and moving forward so um i think it, it's great where you started but you've greatly expanded even beyond that kind of uh treatment center. So let's get into some of the eye conditions. We're not going to talk really too much about our traditional vision therapy like we've had many. Uh, we've had Dr. Nancy Torgerson and a lot of optometrists on this podcast talking about vision therapy for kids with learning problems and for children and adult with strabismus, crossed and lazy eyes, a brain injury. We're going to really talk and move towards some of the genetics the genetic indicators, what you're finding, and the treatment. So let's just start talking about some of the eye conditions, the ocular conditions, like macular degeneration and glaucoma. And you described more um, that kind of transitions us into talking about the genetics of those conditions. So go ahead and uh, tell us some of the sure. main visual conditions you're looking at here. So let me tell you how I got there or how I got here. Um, basically, about 20 years ago, I had a patient come in with special needs, and the mom said, uh, my kid has autism because he has a defective MTHFR gene. And I didn't know what that was, and I said, well, okay, great, you know, what do you do about it? And she said, well, we 
give him methylfolate because methylfolate is a, a, a supplement that um, takes the place of what he doesn't make. I said, oh, fantastic, because at the time, you know, we learned about wrinkly peas and smooth peas in genetics courses, but what we didn't learn was how to apply genetics to everyday life and everyday conditions that we have. And so long story short is that I, I started researching it and learning and found out that there were places that um, there are companies that do testing for defects and pathways that we should have, but not necessarily are effective at. And along the line, what I discovered is that diseases that we have are the long-term outcomes of genetic pathway defects. And and what that means is, do you, does your body have the ability to get rid of cell-level inflammation? Does your body have the ability to make neurotransmitters? Does, does your mitochondria work efficiently? Does your body get rid of cellular garbage um, efficiently? Every cell in your body takes in stuff, processes stuff, and then gets rid of the, the cellular garbage. Does your body do that? Does your immune system turn on and turn off correctly? Um, you know, will you react to COVID more than somebody else? Will, um, you know, does your body have the enzymes available to make um, gut prebiotics and probiotics? Things like that. And so um, started going down that path many years ago and um, started doing more and more genetic testing. And um, what I've done is I have looked at diseases uh, of the eye, like glaucoma, like macular degeneration, like cataracts, like rosacea, all kinds of things. And there's patterns to the genetics if you have a deficiency in this pathway or that pathway or the other pathway your likelihood of having, let's say, macular degeneration increases. And so there are probably 20 different genetic pathways that um, contribute to macular degeneration. And if you've got defects in eight of those, then you're going to have a high likelihood of macular degeneration. We know that it's genetic because it runs in families. And if you have a defect in six of those pathways, you're less likely, but more likely than the average person. If you have a defect in two, you're probably not going to have much of it if you have it. And Jason, so, could I just um, stop you for a second and have you describe macular degeneration so everybody knows what you're talking about here? Yeah. Okay. So we've known about macular degeneration for many, many, many years. It's a diagnosis that is, that, that is prevalent in elderly people, uh, mostly. And so what happens is the cells in the middle of your vision um, are having a hard time getting rid of the garbage. And so uh, they swell up initially, which decreases your vision. Then after they swell up for one, two, three, ten, however many years, um, they start sending a signal to the rest of the body to grow a new blood vessel towards that area to supply them with the ability to get rid of the garbage. That's called wet macular degeneration when when the uh, body starts growing uh, uh, blood vessels towards that area. That's the bad kind. 
dry macular degeneration is where the cells can't get rid of the garbage, and so they swell up a little bit. And what happens is um, there's all those pathways that you can't get rid of the garbage very efficiently, and that's actually a group of um, pathways. We call them the ATG pathways and the MTOR pathways and the, the complement pathways. There's a bunch of them. And if you have these defects, um, you're going to have troubles. Now, the cool part about this, the best part is, is that within the last couple of years, we have found out how to turn these pathways on or off, depending on which one you need, to make your body more efficient at getting rid of the garbage. And when we do that, uh, macular degeneration is much less prevalent and um, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to say that we have uh, cured macular degeneration, but I have many patients that have lost the um, swelling part and have gained vision back after having lost some, which is unheard of. Um, it hasn't happened that I know of anywhere else in the world, and instead of using a pharmaceutical drug to um, keep the symptoms from happening, we're actually treating it at the cause, which makes your body not have it. And if you could just <laughs> review the signs and symptoms of macular degeneration. Yeah, initially there's not a whole lot because um, your body's going through the process and you're, you will get a little bit of blurriness, and we can't use glasses to clear it up. We can't use uh, any other methods. Usually up close is affected a whole lot. You may get a little distortion in what you're seeing. Uh, blur and distortion are the big ones, especially centrally. When, when you're looking at the details of things, it's just not as crisp and not as clear. Um, and then eventually it can get very, very bad to where you lose central vision. Great. And people complain they can't read or they can't drive or see the TV. They peripherally see the can signs. see things. Yep, yep. But, but, but they lose their, acu their acuity in seeing small details, especially straight ahead, right? Yes, yes. Great. So continue on <clears throat> because years ago – uh, it was thought you couldn't do anything for macular degeneration. And then through the years, they found that some supplementation may be helpful. So talk to us. You're doing a lot more than that and trying to address it yeah. much earlier to prevent vision loss. So yeah, continue so, on on yeah. what you do. Yeah. So um, in the past, we have we know that supplements help macular degeneration, and we have been very good at what I call the shotgun approach, which is taking the over-the-counter. There's been some studies, AREDS, AREDS 2, um, that's just the name of the studies, that show that um, supplementing with certain things helps prevent or helps to delay macular degeneration. But just in the last few years, we've been able to track down the exact defects in the pathways. And so the shotgun approach is you take a, an over-the-counter supplement that is pretty good for everybody and that helps and it does a good job but with your genetics we can target specifically you 
because we know that some people don't react to certain supplements and some people do need certain supplements. And so when we test your genetics, we can say you need this one and this one, but not this one and definitely this one. And so that's been fantastic in being able to target it more directly and specifically. It's personalized medicine. And when you get down to the specifics of each person, it is really, really powerful stuff. So take us through how a patient find out about this, you know, from the start of the exam to what kind of testing and then what kind of supplementation and follow-through you would have. Sure. And at our office, we would the patient would come in and they would have their whatever complaint they have, and we would look to see why they have that complaint. And if we um, saw some reduced acuity and we saw that what we call pigment modeling um, or thickening of the macula area, that the, the um, good vision area, um, then we would run a laser scan to see how thick they are because my eyes can't see microns um, and lasers can. And it, it, there's a national database as to how thick a, quote, normal macula is. And um, if they are thickened in that area, and in my office, the first thing we recommend is getting your genetics looked at. Um, you go up front, you get a cheek swab, and it takes about a minute. We send it off to a lab. They analyze your genes. It comes back, and we say, you're not good at this pathway. You are good at this pathway. You're not good at that one. And here's the supplements specifically targeted for that pathway that you can take that makes you better at doing that. And uh, so far, um, it has been... As an optometrist, it's been mind-boggling for me because we've never had a treatment that reverses macular degeneration, but we've had treatments that can stop the progression, and it's usually an injection into the eye, which, uh, you know, stick a needle in your eye. I don't think anybody likes that. Um, And these are just over-the-counter supplements, but they're targeted specifically for that person. Now, the really cool part about all this is that we know that the genes that contribute to, say, macular degeneration also contribute to dementias and Alzheimer's. Now, I'm not looking at those specifically, but I can tell you we've had patients that um, improve dramatically in those areas when we're not really, we're not treating that area, but we're treating the outcomes of those pathway deficiencies. And that's so fascinating because basically you're looking at inflammation. And with our specialty, we look at the eyes for the inflammatory response. But, you know, the eyes aren't separated out of the body. I mean, if there's something going on, you know, I've I've been doing reading and seeing they're calling Alzheimer's sometimes uh, type 3 diabetes. Right, Um, right. Yes. And Okay, so let let me go into that because that is super fascinating to me. I don't look at um, conditions as entities to themselves anymore. So macular degeneration to me is not, quote, macular degeneration as we've looked at it for years. It's not a standalone entity. It's the outcome of some genetic defects, and it's the symptom. So macular degeneration is the symptom. Uh, Parkinson's is a symptom 
Alzheimer's is a symptom, glaucoma is a symptom, and when we find what has caused those things and we treat that efficiently, wow, we have removed all of the um, outcomes from from bad pathways. We're not. I, I shouldn't say bad pathways because because there's multiple pathways for every condition that we have, but we we remove or, or we decrease the amount of symptoms you have, if not reverse them. And that's powerful. I mean, are, are you working with um, other functional docs, looking at other blood work and other types yes. of testing to look at root cause versus, I mean, most yes. of the time we're getting treatment for meta, for uh, symptoms, not, not root so, cause. So I, I have a super fascinating story. Uh, one of my good friends is a primary care doctor in my town, and he, he allows me to tell a story. Um, he has multiple sclerosis. He is in his mid-40s, and he has used a walker um, because he has MS for about the last three, four, or five years. And several years ago, I said, listen, you, you've got you to gotta try this genetic stuff. You've got to understand it and learn it, and it, it's a game changer. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it took about a year, maybe a year and a half. And his wife came in and I talked to her about it. And she said, well, he's going to do it. And that's what it usually takes for, for guys to get going. And, <laughs> and so he finally came in. He did his genetics. And we know that there's about four or five different genes that if you have defects in all of those genes, you're much more likely to have multiple sclerosis. So he did his genes, and sure enough, he had all four of the, the gene pathways deficient. And I said, okay, look, this is you can take this and this and this, and that's going to improve your symptoms of multiple sclerosis. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another six months went by, another eight, then eight months. And again, his wife called me and said, what are the supplements? He won't tell me. I gotta, I'm going to get them for him, and I'm going to make him take them. Two months later... I get a call from him, and he said, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I can feel my feet again. For a person with multiple sclerosis that has been on a walker because they can't feel where their feet are, and two months into their treatment, they can feel their feet. And he said, my, I, my thinking is clear. Everything is better. I can't believe this. And now he partners with me to do um, – he, he does the blood work for all of my patients, and um, and that kind of modulates how much we give, and um, we have had phenomenal results from it. So, Well, thank you for sharing that really fascinating story, and, and that's how connections happen, and breakthroughs of medical <laughs> people often happen because personal uh, experience and life-changing experience, which is just uh, so interesting. Jason, uh, we are going to take a break here in just a few seconds. And when we get back, we'll continue talking about uh, your work with the genetics, especially uh, as it relates to ocular conditions. So uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks so much. Fantastic. Dr. Lin will be right back after this. 
Can your child see, really see, more than 2020? Does your child struggle in school, have trouble with tracking when reading, or resist writing? Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's award-winning book, See It, Say It, Do It, provides parents and teachers with specific tools and strategies in visualization and processing. Improve and empower your child's learning and performance in school, sports, and play. Get See It, Say It, Do It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has identified the top 50 ways for you to achieve excellent results in any sport activity, enhance eye-mind-body coordination skills, achieve the mental edge, prevent injuries. This book belongs in every athlete's or coach's sports bag. Get 50 tips to improve your sports performance on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hi, we've been having a very fascinating uh, conversation with Dr. Jason Clopton, who runs um, Pediatric and Brain Injury Referral Center in Tennessee. And he has really trans- transitioned into working with patient patients looking at their genetics and some of the root cause especially as it relates to many of the visual conditions as uh, eye doctors, optometrists, and ophthalmologists look at. And we um, discussed in great depth the um, condition of macular degeneration, which affects just so many of our elderly population. It takes away the quality of life of seeing for years and hearing that there are strategies and now some real techniques in trying to discover this earlier and treat earlier and reduce the amount of injury and damage uh, is truly on the forefront of medical treatment in my mind. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about glaucoma. And Jason, I'll have you explain again what glaucoma is, how it affects people, and then share with us what your research and treatment uh, experience has been with that uh, diagnosed disease. Sure. So glaucoma is a condition where um, the cells in the back of the eye start to 
um, start to degrade, we'll say, and um, all of the nerves in the back of your eye bundle up like a bunch of cables, like a, like a bunch of um, uh, like telephone cables, we'll say, and it goes back to your brain um, because the back of your eye is actually a part of your brain. And those nerves, there's about 20 million in each eye, when they go back to the brain, they transmit all of the information we get. Um, and in a glaucoma, there's a bunch of different kinds, but in glaucoma, your peripheral nerves start to go away. And so that, as eye doctors, we're looking at that bundle, and usually there's a hole in the middle of the bundle that's about 30%, and there's about 70% nerve nerves. And as we get glaucoma, the nerves decrease and the hole increases. And so uh, we can see it. Um, like, and again, we talked about laser measuring, but lasers can measure it super accurately. But what we found is that um, there are, uh, I'm, lo I'm looking at my notes here, probably 30 or 40 genes associated with glaucoma. And one of the more interesting things that we have found, and I, um, about probably about four or five years ago, I learned about this stuff called palmitoyl epinolamide, and that's a big doctor word, but it's a naturally occurring um, fatty acid that is in the body, and um, it is, we know that it, excuse me, it tends to decrease neural inflammation, so inflammation of the brain. It tends to uh, promote homeostasis in the cells, which is the cells are balanced. And as a side effect, one of the things that I'm, I'm using it for now is decreasing pressure inside your eye, because that's what a lot of people think that glaucoma is, is too much pressure in the eye, and that kills the nerves. Um, but this, this stuff, actually decreases pressure in the eye by about four points, which is as much, if not more, than most medications out there. And it's over-the-counter, and it is um, cheap, and it is very effective. And so uh, we started looking at glaucoma uh, and found that there's already information out there about all these genes that contribute to glaucoma. And we found out that this palmitoyl ethanolamide is one of several things that just absolutely does the trick for helping with glaucoma. And I mean, there's pediatric glaucoma, there's uh, congenital glaucoma, angle closure, normal tension, normal tension glaucoma, primary open angle glaucoma, and, and they all have slightly different pathways, but, um, we're able to help with all of those pathways. And it's, it's, it's really amazing what we're doing now because we're actually getting down to the core causes of disease. And that, that's the most exciting part to me because if we can look at these core causes, and, and you know, glaucoma has a set of um, associated symptoms other than glaucoma, that we don't even think about in the eye care profession. We don't think about the other problems that go along with glaucoma, but there's tons of them. And so the glaucoma, again, is a symptom of 
problems that we can take care of. And that's the exciting part. And if I could back you up again, if you'll explain the symptoms of glaucoma to a patient and how it affects their eyesight. And then also let us know some of the other kinds of, quote, symptoms that go along with glaucoma that aren't necessarily ocular or eye-related. Sure. So so, um, in primary open-angle glaucoma, there is increased pressure in the eyes. Again, that to me, that's a symptom. But what happens is these peripheral nerves start to degrade or, or die, and over time, we start to lose our peripheral vision. Now, it's a very slow process in most cases. Some cases, it's, it's actually fairly quick. But in most cases, it's a 10, 20, 30-year-old um, progression. And so we start losing our side vision, and it our our field of view, our, our, um, the width that we can see with each eye slowly gets less and less and less and less and less. So and the problem with that is patients won't be aware of it. They don't notice it. They still see well. Uh, they often go years without having eye exams and this is all happening without the patient usually being aware of it. Correct. And, and because it happens over 10, 20 years, you, you're not going to see the difference in, in 10 degree difference in 10, 15 years, you're just going to, that's going to be normal to you because you've adapted over time. But some of the other things that happen with that is increased intracranial pressure. Uh, and these are the associated things, headaches. Um, there's all kinds of other symptoms that we don't necessarily look for as eye care providers because um, we're thinking about the eyes. We're not thinking about uh, interocular, pre- I, mean, I mean, intracranial pressure as much. Um, headaches, yes, we deal with headaches, um, but we don't think of that as eye care providers as the primary symptom, right? And I do have patients that say, I can feel the pressure in my eyes. Most of the time, that's pressure in the sinuses that they feel like it's in their eyes. But I do have, I have some patients that come in and say, hey, my, my pressure is going to be 28 today, or my pressure is 22 today. And they're pretty close most of the time because they feel how much it is. Most doctors will tell you you cannot feel interocular pressure, but I, I got lots of patients that can. That's so interesting. And you've made it very clear for, I think, our listeners, the importance of eye exams because some of these diseases we're talking about go unnoticed. It's the same thing with hypertension. I mean, a lot of times people are beginning to develop hypertension. They don't go in for the regular exams. They don't know. And when they finally have symptoms, is when they go on, and by then there's been so much progression of the disease, um, it's much more. It needs much more uh, treatment and much uh, more aggressive um, taking care of. And that's you know I think back when I got out of school for glaucoma, we checked the pressure in the eyes, and until they lost, the person would lose uh, vision. In other words, when we would check their field of vision, looking at their peripheral vision. Once they lost the vision is when we started treating it. And now we're seeing, oh my gosh, there has been so much damage and injury to finally show up in the loss. You're talking about catching many of these illnesses so early that hopefully it'll prevent the loss because people could eventually go blind or just lose so much peripheral vision that they don't function well. And we have the tools in most most, uh, cases to really reduce the loss of vision and and really monitor 
the glaucoma, but you're taking a giant leap forward and reducing even more and more loss by addressing this through genetics and then supplementation. Well, we're even, even talking about preventing it from ever occurring. Right. That's huge. Right. And, and if, if we can do that with glaucoma and or macular degeneration and or migraines and or hypertension and or high cholesterol, all of those things. Imagine if we could prevent those things. Imagine if you could live the best life you can live because we have targeted exactly what you need today to, to be as efficient as your body can be. Right. You know, we've um, haven't really mentioned the term epigenetics, and yeah, I know yeah. some of what you're talking about refers to that. But can you explain that term? And also, you know, it's not just supplementation. There's lots of things that can turn on or off genes that that make them oh, yeah. express or not. So explain that whole field and how that relates to what you're talking about. Sure. So um, our bodies are incredible machines that. Um, we take in everything from our environment, from um, everything from our mood, our uh, food, our sleep patterns, our happiness, our everything that we do changes how our genes turn on and turn off. Okay, um, visualization is is a fantastic thing, just like your book says that it helps us to create the outcome. But what happens is when we visualize the outcome, our body turns on certain genes and turns off others to create that outcome. Um, eating good food is essential. Um, you know, garbage in, garbage out is the old saying, but it's even more than that because if you eat bad food for a short period of time, you're not going to turn on those genes that are associated with that. If you eat bad food for a long period of time, those genes become dominant and they turn on very quickly and very easily and build fat and build um, um, poor psychological, um, you have poor psychological issues and you have bad outcomes and you have bad thought patterns. And, um, you know, you turn on and turn off genes in your body without knowing it just by being around happy people. By being around positive people, you turn on the genes that make your body happy. And it, it's, um, it, it's so impressive to know that when you're in a bad situation, your body has to turn on. Let's say you have a, a death in the family and you, have, you mourn and you are supposed to mourn. But that turns on certain neurotransmitters in your brain. And those neurotransmitters can either keep going or they can eventually be turned off and replaced and, and, and turned back into, you know, positive thinking type stuff. And um, that happens every day, all day long, all parts of life. And it's when you start getting into the patterns of um, epigenetics, the turning on and turning off of genes, is when we get into trouble, usually. Or we become super happy, successful, um, go get them, whatever, you know, we create our own outcomes, really. Yeah, and that's so powerful to think that just, and I, I know there's been studies looking at um, saying negative thoughts and they see cell changes and 
Um, mm-hmm. We're not talking just about medicines or supplements, but truly our environment. If we're in a, a sick environment, too much smoke or toxic loads. And, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the foods, um, the power that we still have to, even though we're born, we're born and we have our genetics and they differ, but what we have is what we have, but how they're expressed, there is still some ability for us to individually try to make some changes to um, to help ourselves and prevent and live the best uh, healthy life possible. So in this last, we only have a couple minutes left, um, Jason. I'd like for you to you know give our listeners kind of direction. How did they get started? If they're interested in getting their genetics tested and and really looking at being more preventive in their healthcare and life, how do you suggest they get started and where do they go? Well, you can, um, there's a, the company that I'm using currently um, is called GX Sciences, and, and they have a website, gxsciences.com. Um, if you want to go to my website, I've got all the information there, drclopton.com, that's C-L-O-P-T-O-N.com. Um, you can start asking your primary care providers, because this is not just something that uh, optometrists are doing. It's something that primary care doctors do, naturopaths can do it. Um, you know, basically any healthcare provider can do it. Um, and there's lots of them all over the United States, um, thousands. Um, you can ask your doctor, do they do genetic testing? And if not, you know, send them somewhere that, um, that does do genetic testing. And, um, once you get your genes tested, you can understand that, you know, this makes you better. This doesn't affect you at all. And, and here's, Here's a, a little thing for you. Only 2 to 3% of people respond to CBD oil. You know, CBD, it's all the rage, CBD, CBD, CBD. Well, 2 to 3% of the population actually responds to it. But for that 2 to 3%, it is the miracle that they say it is. When we combine that with the palmitoyl ethanolamide, we call it PEA Soothe, it hits about 28, 30% of the population, and it becomes the miracle that everybody says it is. And so when we do your genetic testing, we can find out, you know, what it is that, that gets you going and, and makes you an, an efficient person. Right. And the key will be not only doing the testing, but to have a practitioner help you uh, understand what the testing shows and then yeah. help direct you to the um, supplementation that would be helpful. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that most primary care doctors have little to no clue about this. And we were all taught genetics back in school, um, but we were taught genetics in the disease context. You know, if you have this gene, trisomy 21, you you have this syndrome. Um, But what we're looking at now is how good can your body be as opposed to, do do you have the BRCA gene for, for breast cancer? And a lot of people have that, but they never get breast cancer. The question is, why? And it's because of the other pathways and the other genes that they have. So, you know, optimizing what you have is always a good idea, right? Right. Well, I think the point's well taken, especially coming through the pandemic and almost everybody ended up getting COVID. And the big <laughs> question is, why did some people real, you know, die or get so ill or still have long-term COVID? 
and other yeah. people, you know, it was like a cold and they're fine. Do you have any experience through your genetics on that? I do, but that's a whole nother day. <laughs> <laughs> I there is it so is. much to that. There is the complement pathways, the interleukin pathways. There, it's just um, GTSM4 pathway. I mean, there's so many pathways that are associated with that. And, and I can pretty much tell who's going to uh, have the bad symptoms and who's not. I'm um, looking at the genes, but honestly, that is a huge, huge other area that um, we could go down in another session if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It, it's always fascinating to me because I personally go to an integrated functional um, medical doctor and her blood testing, you know, she goes to the Cleveland Clinic and we get more information about me than I knew that existed, including looking at many of these pathways. And all my supplements are very specific to what the blood work or urine or uh, stool samples show. And um, she's had me, you know, for well over 20 years, I've been taking 5,000 vitamin D right. in addition to many other supplements. And I know that's one of the, you know, uh, Tests are really looking carefully at that people that had higher vitamin D's, or I should reverse it, people who had lower vitamin D's seem to be struggling more with COVID in long term. And, and yes. it's complicated. Yes. There's a lot more to that. But I think there's so and, much and, and, valuable. And they're very susceptible to all kinds of other stuff with low vitamin D. I, you know, you're talking about um, cancers, lung, um, testicular, um, um, ovarian, uh, melanomas. I had a melanoma as a young person and I found out that I don't make, I don't absorb vitamin D3 in my body. And so that changed my life right there when I found out that I just have to supplement with vitamin D3, which generally needs to be with K2 also. So just, you know. Yes. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so I've been, I've been in this uh, journey for over 20 years looking at um the functional aspects, the root cause, having genetics now as another great tool to help guide us. Um, it's invaluable. And seeing how you have taken and related, especially to specific vision causes, but as you mentioned, there are symptoms. Um, they're not independent conditions, but how you've right. taken that in and really helped people in the visual world is just phenomenal. Um, I'm sorry to say, Jason, our time is almost up. Is there any last last few words of wisdom you'd like to share in the last 30 seconds here? Sure. Um, you know, when, when we understand how efficient our bodies can be, we feel better, we act better, we have less arthritis, we have less migraines, we have less um, glaucoma, we have less macular degeneration, we have happier outcomes. We have less high cholesterol, which is a lot of those things were me describing myself. Um, we have no more fatty liver disease, stuff like that. And it, it really changes the game as far as health goes. Yeah. Well, Jason, all I have to say is my happy genes are being expressed having you here. And I thank you so <laughs> much for the time and uh, looking forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.